Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a lot of important topics to cover today, and we'll get a pastor's perspective from our guest in just a minute. Lord God, uh, please, first of all, forgive us of our sins, and Lord, when we are being prideful or we are feeling a little self-righteous, Lord, remind us that it's not important to be right all the time. It's important to be biblical and we want to be about your truth because, Father, we know that your word is true. And make sure, Lord, that we have that biblical foundation to build upon because what we're seeing today, Father, and, and it's so sad, um, the, some people's foundations are built on sinking sand and not the rock of Christ and his truth. So, Lord, help us to speak the truth in love and help us to be discerning in all of these. I know your word tells us to test all things. And Lord God, give us compassion and patience with our brothers and sisters in Christ who are not seeing things from a biblical perspective, or they're not seeing clearly anyway due to how they've been indoctrinated, perhaps. But Lord, help us be be patient with them and uh, help us to love one another as we pursue truth and as we speak to these cultural uh, problems and issues that everybody seems to be um, debating or discussing today, Lord we ask for your wisdom again, and thank you for promising to give it generously. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're uh, blessed to have someone that can weigh in on so many of these uh, relevant issues, and uh, we are thankful to have Carl Gallus back with us. Pastor Carl, thanks for coming back on Stand Up For The Truth. Brother Dave, it's always my honor. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome, sir. First, let's get your reaction to the good news, bad news uh, yesterday. The Trump administration, uh, Title IX revision, defines gender as biological as opposed to the Obama administration's uh, ruling. So that was the good news. But the bad news, the Supreme Court uh, went against Christians and conservatives and ruled that the 1964 Civil Rights Act protects LGBT employees. Please uh, give us your thoughts on these two developments. Yes, the Bible calls the times we're living in um, the days of the, the the spirit of depravity of mind. In other words, we don't we don't know how to think rationally or reasonably anymore. We we certainly don't know how to speak biblically or historically even. Hmm. So Donald Trump's uh, uh, declaration is is absolutely correct. Now in, now. From a born-again heart, that still leaves room for compassion for people who struggle with their gen- gender identity. In, in, the, in the psychological world, in the medical world, it's called gender dysphoria. And there are so many reasons for that. Some of it can be environmental, just the way they were were raised. Some of it can be chemical, uh, you know, imbalances. Some of it can be emotional. Some of it is definitely, of course, spiritual. So, so the born again believer, we we must have compassion on all people. We must love all people. You know why? All lives matter. <laughs> you know, of course. I mean, I mean, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. But but when it comes to the operation of a culture, of a society, of homes, marriages, family, the church, then we have to narrow our focus of definition. And and so what Donald Trump, he narrowed the focus of definition to the historical, biblical, and scientific truth. And 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 I mean so people who step outside of those boundaries, like like you know, the Supreme Court or anyone else. And, and of course, the Supreme Court just kind of got to have the semi-final word on it the other day. Uh, but but they semi-final yes, because yeah. the, fi- the final words in the word of God and the Amen. final word is on his way to establish <laughs> justice and righteousness. But anyway, the semi-final word, mm-hmm. um, uh, the, the, those those declarations outside 
and, and of course, I come from a biblical worldview, as you guys do, so I'm unashamed to say outside of the Word of God. I measure everything through the Word of God. But I know that not everyone does. And so, so then we go to, to the scientific truth. Then we go to the historical truth. What has been the truth regarding sexuality, gender, marriage, home, family for thousands and thousands of years? Not, not decades, but for millennium. What has been the truth? Well, the truth is that men are men, women are women. Yes, there are small, 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 teeny percentage that have birth defects and emotional problems and spiritual problems, et cetera, et cetera. And we deal with them in compassion and love. But the historical, societal, and yes, biblical, and yes, scientific truth is that you are born biologically a male or a female. Anything, any choices you make from there on are just that. They are choices, and we, coming from a biblical point of view, understand that our choices must be made within the parameters of God's Word, our Creator, who gave mm-hmm. us the instruction manual. So it's hypocritical uh, to, the, to, to the nth degree for the leftists who are trying to change every social, historical, biblical norm and definition. It's hypocritical for them to call us science deniers. See, they claim the new science, the real science, is that you, if you're born a man, uh, that doesn't matter. You can become a woman. It's no big deal. If you're born a woman, uh, it doesn't matter. You can become a man. It's no big deal. Mm. Um, and, and so they call us the science deniers. Yeah. And, and so, so, so they are the ultimate science deniers, but they are science deniers because they are God deniers. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I stand on it. I mean, I'm going to still be decent and loving to all people as much as they will allow me to be, but at the same time, I will never back off what science says, what history says, what common sense says, but more importantly to me what the Word of God lovingly and clearly says. He is our creator. He designed us. He knows the truth, and it just happens to line up with science. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that um, I want we are going to get to um, church and Black Lives Matter and, and uh, social justice Christians and other things in, in a minute, but um, I'm looking at your book uh, over on Amazon, uh, the book Masquerade, and I think it's important to recognize how a generation of people have come to think or reason or come to the conclusions they have come to with all the indoctrination. And you say or in the book description over on Amazon, it says, think of the young people who are being raised during our own prophetic times. Consider the institutions of education, entertainment, science, information and communication technology, and even the church that have been distorted or completely usurped by the demonic realm. And I'm going to say amen to that because we're seeing this now, this generation. As you said, many have lost the ability to reason, critically think, and now it's, of course, moral relativism and uh, post-truth and everything else. And we're going, wow, people don't even want to go back to talking about what is true and not true. They've already accepted talking points. I would love for you to speak a little bit about that before we get to our next topic. Yeah, well, the bottom line is this. Daniel said that the last days before the return of the Lord would come like a flood. Interesting that he would use that terminology. That harkens back to Noah's flood, wherein the people had the same attitudes that we now hold today as a as, as a globe, as a world, as a planet. I mean, you know, because of the today's proliferation of in- instantaneous information communication systems, the internet and, and, uh, and, and all the technologies of communicating, the whole globe. I mean, overnight, the whole globe woke up to churches being shut, a disease running rampant, governments locking people in their homes all over the world. I mean, so, so now the whole world just kind of begins to, to, to respond like an amoeba, you know, just <laughs> wherever one part of it goes the other part follows. And so uh, so there we are. Daniel said like a flood. Interestingly, in Luke 17 and Matthew 24, Jesus said the last days would be just like the days of Noah, which involved a flood. Uh, well, in this case, it won't be a flood of water, but it's a flood of spirit, evil spirit. The Antichrist spirit will flood over the world. Uh, of course, the New Testament is filled with that language and that prophecy. Mm-hmm. So here we are. It is coming like a flood. I mean, everything really snapped and changed 
at the beginning of 2020. We, we didn't know it. I wrote that book, Masquerade. <laughs> and then the subtitle is is preparing for the greatest con job in history. I had I wrote that in the middle of last year. Yeah. And th- then I had to get it to the publishers and then it had to go to you know editing and then the cover design and then finally it was released in March which is right in the middle of some of the greatest masquerading that the planet has ever seen. I mean for the first time since the birth of the church Dave mm-hmm. and and your audience, two thousand years ago, the church was born for the first time. Never has this happened, but in the year twenty twenty, on Resurrection Sunday, you couldn't find a church to go to. Well, yeah. what is Resurrection Sunday? It is the day that represents the defeat of Satan. Fifty days later was Pentecost, the fulfillment of the Feast of Pentecost with the birth of the church and the giving of the Holy Spirit. And the birth of the church represented the march of the gospel, which would defeat the gates of hell, which would defeat Satan's kingdom ultimately and entirely. So the two feasts of the Lord, Passover, which of course was the the, the crucifixion and then the resurrection, the Feast of first fruits, and then, so that we're talking three feasts then, and then of course, the Feast of Pentecost, Those two big days, Resurrection Sunday and Pentecost, the birth of the church, uh, you couldn't find a church to go to Mm. for the first time in history. Interesting. Well, that tells me Satan knows something that most of the church doesn't know. He knows. Revelation 12 says, look, woe unto you, earth, in those last days. Revelation 12, 12, because Satan has been thrown down to you. And he is filled with rage, and he knows his time is short. And what does it say? It says he goes off to make war with the seed of mm. the Son, who is Jesus, those who hold to the testimony of Jesus. He goes off to make war. What's the very next verse? And then the dragon who stood on the shore of the sea. <laughs> gave its power to the beast. And then you get into Revelation 13. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in these days. We're, we're watching the rage of Satan. If, if the church doesn't see the fact that for the first time in 2,000 years, there was no Resurrection Sunday in the traditional biblical sense. Oh, people will say, well, we had Resurrection Sunday. We were streaming over the Internet. Oh, well, that's okay. I mean, if that's all you can do. But that is not the same as people's, as God's people being gathered together, joining their voices together, declaring praise, sitting around the word together, having the Holy Spirit of God permeate a place like on Pentecost, having the word of God change lives and people repenting and coming to the Lord and coming to the altar and getting with prayer ministers and counselors. I mean, I, I mean Satan stole that from us. And, and a lot of the mm-hmm. churches around the world literally rolled over and gave it to him. Now, some didn't have any choice, but a lot of churches that had a clear choice shut their doors. And so there's this spirit that's sweeping the planet. So, so that's my, my, my estimation of what you just asked. It's we're living in the most profoundly prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus. We're living in, if, in the edges where, uh, of those days that Daniel talked about where, look, it's, it's going to come like a flood. It's just going to be one thing after another, and you're going to continually ask, when is this going to end? And the, the question, the, the, the answer is, it will not end until Jesus Christ comes. Amen. It will not. It will roll on like a flood. And Jesus said the last days would be just like the days of Noah. So you're right. It's, it has swept the planet. It's sweeping our nation. You know, we can hold things back. We can put our fingers in certain holes in the dam. But the flood is coming. Amen. Pastor Carl, would you please, I know for some of our listeners, we hear that expression a lot, the days of Noah. Um, could you please elaborate on that and what, how that pertains to us today? Okay, we lost Pastor Carl. We'll try to reconnect with him. That was going to be a great answer, too. But So one of the things that I was also going to talk with Pastor Carl about when we will when we reconnect with him is the fact that his church did not shut down. He is in Florida. He's a pastor of a church there. And uh, even back in March when all these the coronavirus fears were being trumpeted by the media and— uh, others, um, even with the guidelines passed down to different states, you know, governors had to make their decisions for each state, Pastor Carl's church remained open. 
and they were, they took precautions. I believe, and they were inside in their church building. I believe they were setting, sit, sitting, um, not like six feet apart, but they were like every other seat, maybe, unless it was a family. But their church stayed open, and um, a lot of churches did. And you know, it's is it a right or wrong issue? I don't think so. But he makes a good point. For the first time in history, we didn't have the church, the body of Christ, meeting in person on Resurrection Sunday, one of the biggest days on the Christian calendar. And that is fascinating. So, yeah, we are living um, in—I'm looking for a different word other than unprecedented because I hear everyone and their brother using that word today. But it is. Very prophetic times. Um, And as he's alluded to, the days of Noah, uh, people are just, you know, marrying and being given in marriage and going about their lives. They're busy, busy, busy. And now when it comes to Christians, we are just as busy, busy, busy and potentially distracted just like the world. And this is what we need to be careful of, friends. We need to be guarded against conforming to the world's ways, to conforming to culture and doing a lot of the same things. Are you hey, there, Carl? Hey, guys. Yes. And just pick up and ask that same question yes, again. I'm going to ask you how that expression, the days of Noah, could you please clarify what that means to Christians today and what we're seeing? Why, are, why is this similar to the days of Noah that Jesus referred to? Yeah, well, listen, Jesus refers to that twice, and, 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 and it's in two different audiences. The disciples are there in both cases, but one is in Luke 17, where he is on his way up to Jericho and from Jericho up to Jerusalem in the last week of his life. And he's in a crowd of people, the Pharisees, he's addressing them specifically uh, because they're dogging him all the way along the trail. But he says that the end will come when the end will come, when the Son of Man, before the Son of Man comes, because they had asked him for signs. Mm-hmm. He said it will be like the days of Noah. And, 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 and then one of, one of the defining characteristics of that was people will be eating and drinking and given a marriage. Well, what is that? That almost sounds proverbial. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, ex- I'll explain. And then he says right behind that, he says, and it will be like the days of Lot. And he says the Ooh. same thing. eating and drinking, given a marriage. Now, then he says, it will be just like this before the Son of Man comes, just like the days of Noah, just like the days of Lot. Now, that's interesting because he doesn't say it'll kind of be like that, or here's a good Here's a good metaphor for the last day. No, he said it'll be just like that. Well, when we go back and read the accounts of the days of Noah and the days of Lot, just to generally uh, uh, assess that right now. Um, Again, I've got a book coming out on all of this soon. Um, But uh, to generally assess it, it is this. Of course, the days of Lot was rampant uh, perversiveness and uh, sexual perversiveness and perversiveness of the family and the home and the marriage. I mean, that's so clear by taking all of the scriptures that speak of that. Jesus spoke of the days of Sodom and Gomorrah as being an example of judgment upon the world in the last days. He said that three or four times in the gospel. So we've got that truth. Well, look at what look what's happening in our whole world. Look what's happening in our nation, the bellwether nation of the world, the largest, most powerful, most economically prosperous, uh, the most the, the military might that the planet has ever seen. We affect and we influence the entire globe in one way or the other. And we don't know what a marriage is anymore. By law, we don't know. We don't know what genders are anymore. By law, by Supreme Court declarations, we don't know what a, a home or a family is. We don't know what childhood is anymore. We, we have distorted all of that just as the days of Lot. Now, the days of Noah, very, very similar. It encompasses something horrendous that happened in the Garden of Eden, Mm -hmm. right on up to Genesis 6, where there was something from the spiritual realm that began to pervert and to corrupt all flesh. Uh, I've written about it. I don't want to get into all of the details right now. But the bottom line is it produced a world filled with with horrendous uh, terrorists and fear and and giants and 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 destruction. And God says, you know, whatever man dreams in his heart, he now can accomplish. Uh, the whole world is filled with evil. All flesh has become corrupt. And he says, I'm going to push the reset button. And he destroyed everything 
everything except for Noah and his family and the animals that God brought to Noah. Noah didn't go out and get those animals. God brought them to him because I'm convinced that God knew which animals were not yet corrupted in their flesh yet. What's happened? What was happening? Well, we don't know exactly. We don't know. There was something happening genetically. There was something happening sexually. There was something happening within the marriage, home, and family structural units. Uh, all of that was happening in Noah's day. And, and it led to a world filled with, with violence and just a hatred for the things of God. Noah had a ship in his backyard. <laughs> he was building an aircraft carrier in his backyard. And the people mocked him. And until the day the flood came and then every, and then, and then it was done. It was done. Mm -hmm. Daniel said the last days would come like a flood. Jesus said Boy. the last day's spirit will be just like that. We're living yes. in those days right now all over the world. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, so much more to talk about with Pastor Carl. Uh, we will get to uh, Black Lives Matter. We will get to uh, what uh, the Baptist, uh, the Southern Baptist Association seems to be dealing with some, uh, Compromise. We'll also talk about the media a little bit and just really what's happening in this culture of uh, being easily triggered in uh, this country. So more with Pastor Carl Gallops when we come right back. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. All right, we are with Pastor Carl Gallops. So much more to get to and uh, before we get to Black Lives Matter and people's interpretations of not only the reason for the movement, but the history and the radical background of it and the funding uh, that comes some much of it from George Soros and other outlets. Um, over at this website, Discern, they made the very good point, Pastor Carl, that there were two stories published exactly 15 minutes apart. One of them over at NBC cheered an enormous crowd, and I've got a picture of it here. There was a rally for Black Trans Lives Matter uh, matters down in uh, Brooklyn. There's, so they had a rally there. I'm looking at this picture. It's a massive crowd there. And within 15 minutes, and they're cheering that, uh, saying it draws an enormous crowd, and they were just making sure they're raising awareness. And then within 15 minutes, another article came out, both at NBC, saying uh, it's extraordinarily dangerous for President Trump to start having rallies again because of the grave concerns from top health officials. Pastor Carl, right. do you think the average person, American or Christian, can see through this double standard or no? Yes. The, uh, I, yes, the average person can. And I was just going to say before I knew what question you were going to ask <laughs> me, when, when, when you take that juxtaposition that you so brilliantly laid out um, and, and any sane, rational person can see not only the blatant hypocrisy of it, but they can see the agenda. Mm. Th th this I is hope. about, it is about the November election. Listen, for the same reason, the irrational panic, global panic over COVID was, was uh, ginned up because of this coming election in November. And never doubt that this election is not only the most important to America for its history, future, and direction, but it is the most important in the world. This American election has global, global, long-lasting consequences. The left know it. Uh, the socialist communists know it. The God-haters know it. The Israel-haters know it. The America-haters know it. And, and, and so was COVID real? Yes. But was the irrational fear and panic and all of the draconian measures and laws of just sweeping, sweeping up people's constitutional rights, imprisoning law-abiding citizens in their homes while releasing convicted murderers and rapists onto the streets. That is insanity. Yes. See, and this is all a part of that giving over to a depravity of mind. It's all a part of the days of Noah. It's all a part of the days of Sodom and Gomorrah that Jesus spoke of. We are living in those days. It's time that the church wakes up to this fact and quit, de and quit denying it. So you've got all of this doublespeak. You've got all of this duplicity. You've got all of this blatant, uh, obvious hypocrisy. 
Well, what do you have when you have these spirits of rebellion, these spirits of duplicity, this spirit of throwing truth to the ground, this spirit of, of lawlessness? It is demonic, and the Bible Amen. speaks to all of it as an outpouring of these demonic spirits in the last days before the return of the Lord. So we're living on the edge of all of that, guys. Well, more than the edge. We've stepped over the threshold. We're in the room of last days prophecies. I'm not a date setter. Uh, I, it, it could be several more generations before it all plays out. The bottom line is that the church must wake up to this. So so it's, it's going to get more and more difficult to speak rationally with completely irrationally, demonically influenced people. It's, it's, it's going yes. to be difficult. Yeah, speaking of demonically influenced people, um, let's talk about the media for a minute. Uh, <laughs> all right, that sounded pretty tolerant of me. Um, but seriously, they are definitely agenda-driven. They are complicit in their coverage, and we are going to get into Black Lives Matter now. But first, one study that came out, and this is over at Media Research Center, I believe, 99% of TV's protest coverage of the riots, the you know racism divide, and the mob, they ignore the murder of the victims that have been, lives that have been taken since the protesting and the rioting started. Again, let me clarify, 99% of the coverage of the television, televised media, of these protests and riots, 99% ignores these murders. And I think it's up to uh, 18 now, 18 people have died. Um, so they're ignoring all the rest of these people. So this shows definitely they're being complicit, they're agenda-driven. One more thing, I'll let you comment on this, Pastor Carl. The news coverage overall. We thought it was bad in 2016 leading up to the election between uh, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Well, the news coverage of the 2020 race now shows that the networks are taking an, an even more hostile approach with nine times more negative comments about Trump than about Biden. And I know part of that's because he's president and Biden's in the basement. But please uh, speak to this issue of media malpractice, the agenda-driven media, to yeah. not even mention, mention people being killed or murdered during these riots. Not only yeah. does a disservice to those people and those lives who were just as important as anyone else, but the disservice to the American people, they're not even reporting the news anymore. Yeah. Well, of course, there's the spiritual angle. It is demonically driven, and the Bible prophesied it. Uh, just looking at it strictly from a societal level, a political level, and you know, you and I don't look at anything strictly from from a physical level. I mean, we 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 believe Ephesians six. Our battle's really not against yes. flesh and blood. Amen. Okay, okay, but let's just let's just speak to 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 this uh, the physical realm. So here's the bottom line, guys. Why is the media doing this? Why are these agendas being pushed? Why this hatred to, towards uh, any president uh, like this to, to, to tolerate the deaths and murders of people, to tolerate riots and burning and looting and pill pillaging? Uh, why? Okay, here's the answer. These people, the media, the leftist, that they are complicit in high crimes and treason, yeah. and they and they know it. The media is complicit. Listen, I have a radio show that I've been doing. It's on four different radio stations on the Gulf Coast, so it's uh, syndicated in that way. Plus, we do podcasting. Plus, uh, we do live streaming. Uh, we've got listeners on every continent around the globe every time. I mean, and like you guys do. And the bottom line is, for years. I've been exposing these kinds of things, and and we we come right down to these days, and it, it, now Donald Trump is in office, and he has made it clear he's getting ready to lower the hammer all the way to the Obama administration, mm -hmm. right into the Oval Office of what has been being done to this nation. I've been screaming for years that this was coming. I've been screaming for years what was really happening. I've been screaming for years that these people are evil. They are involved in a cabal. They are involved in an attempt to overthrow this nation. And if people can't see that now, these people are not of us. I t I've been telling people for years, whenever you see this happening, you scratch your head and you say, what are they thinking? 
What are they thinking? They're not. They, they are not of us. They do not care about the things we care about. They hate our Constitution. They hate what this nation stands for. They hate the presence of Christianity in the midst of it. They hate the presence of Israel in the midst of it. This is demonically driven. So, so the media is complicit, and they know that if they lose this battle, if they lose this election, Many of them could go to prison or worse. They know that. And so they are playing. This is a blood sport for them, Dave. They are yeah. playing for keeps. Yes. And I can tell you, uh, do I have a few minutes? How, about, how much time do we have? Um, well, we have plenty of time in this segment, seven minutes. Okay. Okay. All right. Look, I was on an internationally renowned Christian television program uh, some uh, in 2016, right after Donald Trump won the election. I had been on it a few months before during the election. Uh, and I, I was on that program right after the election. And of course, everybody, the people in the audience, there were hundreds of people in the audience. And then we were, we were uh, broadcasting live to the world. I mean, literally the world's a huge, huge Christian television show. And, and I was asked the question by the host, uh, Pastor Carl, uh, what, what, what is your prognosis for what's going to happen next? And he was almost saying, you know, prophesy for us. Well, you know, I don't claim to be a prophet in that sense. And I don't claim that I have all knowledge from the throne of God, but I just, this is what I said. And I had no idea how prophetic it was going to be. I just said, guys, here's what I feel in my spirit. The presidency of Donald Trump is going to bring in two huge things. Number one, it will be a presidency of exposure. He is getting ready to expose what the world should have been seeing all along, but they didn't. He, he, God is going to use him to expose. He's talking about draining the swamp and the deep state. Well, yes. you've seen nothing yet. I said that in 2016, right after he won the election. He, the, he, God's going to use him to expose the abject wickedness and duplicity of this antichrist world. I said, secondly, I said, all hell is getting ready to come against him and it's getting ready to break loose on the world. Well, I, and, and, and I can tell you, the host and the audience were shocked. They did not want to hear that. They wanted to hear me sing, happy days are here again. <laughs> and, and I told them, I said, guys, this is Donald Trump, humanly speaking, should not have won that election. Right. He, he's never even served on a, on a school board in a local county before. Mm -hmm. He's never even served as a dog catcher. And there's nothing wrong with school board or dog catchers. I'm just making the point. He has been a businessman all of his life. He's never been a politician. He walked through the entire deep state, the, the entire Obama machine, the entire Clinton machine, the entire Bush machine, the entire Washington establishment, the entire media establishment, and won the most powerful position the planet has ever seen and pronounced, I'm going to drain the swamp. Now, how could... How could that not open the gates of hell? Yep. And then, yeah, then he said, I'm going to make Israel uh, real. I'm going to make the capital of Jerusalem real. I mean, brother, uh -oh. you, you're sticking your <laughs> finger in Satan's eye. So I said, it's going to expose the evil and all hell's going to break loose. Hmm. Well, here we are almost four years later, and what has happened? The evil has been and is continually being exposed and all literal hell is poured out on the earth. And it's exactly what I said would happen. And, and it goes to the point that God is using this man, not because he's an angel from heaven. God's just using him like he used Cyrus and everybody else he wanted to use, uh, like he used the Egyptian pharaohs uh, to do his will, uh, moving prophecy forward. God is using Donald Trump. And, and here we are. So you ask, why are they doing this? Because they know they're complicit. They know that they're going to go down if this succeeds and they want him out and they want you and me to shut up. Right. There's a great possibility your program and my program will go away in the next couple of years, especially if we lose this election. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my oh, censorship, it's on the way already, let alone uh, if they take over the government, the administration. Yeah, Pastor Carl, the media doesn't have accountability anymore. That's part of the problem. 
Um, and so we, we, we don't want to make this about the media because we do want to make this about how they're reporting or not reporting on something that's so important. And that is cities in America, because of a wrong, wrongful death at the hands of police in Minneapolis, St. Paul, because of that, now they are some of them are using this to wreak havoc and destruction on cities across the country. And what's astounding to many Americans, Pastor Carl, I know you were a former former police officer in law enforcement, is the governors or mayors in some of these cities are telling the police to stand down so their hands are tied. What good could, could come from this? Nothing. Uh, every war that our nation has fought, wherein the politicians told the told our soldiers stand down and they tied their hands uh we lost mm. and 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 we can claim we won them but we didn't we lost them and the same thing is going to happen here when you start now now do police officers need to be held accountable yes mm -hmm. do they need to color within the lines of the coloring book called the law and the constitution absolutely uh can can should bad police officers be called out uh fired or put in jail and prison if need be Absolutely. The vast majority are just regular men and women who love this nation, who love their job, who who really desire to defend and protect. Uh, but the media knows that. They know that. This is common sense knowledge. The statistics bear it out. But the media knows you can take the bad apples and elevate them to the mainstream talking points of the nightly, daily, 24-7 news mm -hmm. until you can, you can uh, uh, brainwash now the entire globe into thinking that the entirety of the law enforcement world are our enemies. And once you can do that, you can bring about lawlessness and tyranny. And, and, and the word of God says the last day's characteristic is going to be marked by lawlessness and truth being thrown to the ground. That's a spirit of rebellion and the spirit of fake news that now sweeps the planet. They're right, both, right before our eyes. Amen. Uh, we've got to take another break, but so much more to talk about with Pastor Carl when we come back. Is this a serious movement about defunding the police? Also, social justice Christians that are getting wrapped up into activism based on emotion rather than biblical principles and the gospel. And also, should a Christian support Black Lives Matter? And if so, how? More with Pastor Carl when we come back. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. All right, we are on the line with Pastor Carl Gallup. So much more to talk about. He was a former uh, member of law enforcement. And uh, Pastor Carl, you're one of the perfect people to answer this because you have a biblical worldview being a pastor, and you were in law enforcement, so you know, uh, you understand both sides, not that they are on sides, but this radical movement, is it serious that people actually think defunding the police is a good idea? How could this be? Well, it is demonically induced, it is demonically influenced, it is Ephesians chapter 6 right before our eyes, and they are deadly serious about it. Now, whether the movers and the shakers, the people that hold the purse strings and the power will take them seriously and will join that movement and will cave to it, it, it remains to be seen. I tend to believe that they probably will. A lot of them will. Uh, because this, this just didn't pop up overnight. I mean, these are the conspiracy theories that we've been speaking to for years that are now proven to be conspiracy realities, mm -hmm. which most of most of us knew. Uh, but yet the way to marginalize us down through the last decade or so has been to just call us conspiracy theories, nuts, tinfoil hat wearing people. But these are the same kinds of things. The things that are happening now are the same kinds of things that I've been warning my radio audience and my, my congregation and conferences wherein I preach prophecy conference. I've been warning them for years that i mean literally without trying to say i'm some kind of prophet it, it, it was just to, to me it was like shooting fish in a barrel it was way too easy uh i could see it coming hmm. and and all of this and i've spoken to all of it you can go back through the archives of my radio shows and conferences i've preached and books i've written and you can read those books and you will see it in print that these days these specific kinds of things were going to happen uh, because we've been moving this way, the left, which is demonic, they are demonically induced, uh, influenced, uh, they have been planted among the major institutions of America and the world for this day. 
and we're watching it happen. They are deadly serious. And, you know, it's just astounding to me how so much of the church, not all of, when I say the church, I'm making air quotes, mm-hmm. because see, there's there's a visible church, yes. and then there's what the Bible would speak of as the invisible church, that is, true, born-again believers. See, Jesus said, not everybody who just says, Lord, Lord, not everybody who, who even performs so-called miracles and does things in the name of Jesus, he said, not everybody that does that are of me. Not all of them will see the kingdom of heaven, but only those who truly do the will of my Father. You know, now, now, now that means within the institutions, the denominations, the monolithic governmental structures of religiosity around the world, that's not the church, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, but the, and the Bible makes it clear that in these days we're in, that the visible church the structural monolithic structures will cave in to the one who will set himself up in their midst and claim to be God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Amen. says, don't, don't you know? Paul says over and over, don't you know you are the temple of God? Don't you know your body is the temple of God? Don't you know the Holy Spirit is within you and you are the temple of God? Don't you know that Jews and Gentiles under the blood of Jesus is the new temple being built, raised up with Jesus as the cornerstone? I mean, over and over, and then we're told in the very last days, that this Antichrist spirit is going to set itself up right in the temple of God and proclaim, I am God. And we're watching it happen again for the first time since the church was born. The governmental powers of the world says, church, shut your doors and shut up. And we did. I mean, I didn't. My church didn't. But, But I mean, the church as a whole did. The visible church obeyed the spirit of Antichrist at Resurrection Sunday. I mean, if this is not prophetic, I don't know what is, guys. Yes, the next question, Pastor Carl, um, more prophetic issues where there's a divide in the Christian church. Some well-meaning Christians are wanting to get involved with uh, Black Lives Matter, and what I'm seeing, Pastor Carl, is they are using people's emotions to really fund this agenda, which is Uh, It is not Christian. From their own website, let me just share this. A lot of people don't know this. Um, It says, we, Black Lives Matter, do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege. We build a space that is free from sexism, misogyny, and environments in which men are centered. We dismantle patriarchal practices. We disrupt the Western-prescribed nuclear family structure. We foster a queer-affirming network with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking. And it goes on. It is completely anti-Christian with so much. Why can't people just do a simple 30-second Google search or find information on an organization before they start defending it? Yeah. These are Christians, Uh, some Christians that are defending this. I know. I know. Listen. I speak before large crowds of Christians in conferences, um, on television, radio, in my own church. We have people coming, up, not only our members, but visitors all the time. I cannot tell you how many times I've brought something to the pulpit like that, and the entire crowd goes, looks at me like a deer caught in a headlight. <laughs> I didn't know that. I don't know how it is that Christians have become so disconnected from the information world. I think they hang out on Facebook and TikTok and all of this stuff, but they they just are not, as a whole, there are exceptions, of course, but as a whole, most pastors, churches, even people in the pews have disconnected themselves from doing diligent research on what's really behind this. And, you know, they hope and depend upon a handful of people like you, me, your show, my shows, my preaching, your, your teaching, you know, to kind of bring it to them. But those that don't hear it, they don't know. And the left and Satan are depending upon. See, the Bible talked about in the Old Testament, it said, I mean, God told the nation of Israel because the prophets of Israel, the, the priest of Israel, were just satisfying their own evil desires in their positions. And God declared, my people are perishing Mm. because of the lack of knowledge. You know, they they didn't know God's word in its context. They didn't know the news of their day and how it squared up with God's word. And the nation of Israel perished. Mm -hmm. 
They didn't understand the times, right? Correct. Um, now, we don't want to be news junkies, but I think there's a balance we can find from our biblical sure. worldview. We need to know what's happening around us so we can speak clearly and coherently from a biblical perspective into this. Now, I want to ask you about some of the protests and how should Christians be involved. A tweet was came out uh, recently by a woman named Kristen Howerton. She's an author, a marriage and family therapist, I guess. She is the co-host of a podcast called Selfie, which is described as dedicating to exploring the mind, body, and spirit aspects of self-care. And she's apparently friends with Beth Moore. And most of us know who Beth Moore is. Well, Beth Moore liked a recent tweet of hers and said, Beth Moore said, um, Living Proof Ministries, which is Beth Moore's ministry, has been well represented by staff members at Houston's Black Lives Matter March. And she, she says, I can't wait till the next one. So what, what, what does she think Christians should be doing? That's the question. Is it a sin to go to these protests or marches? No. But what is your purpose? So here's what Kristen Howerton tweeted, and I would love your comments, Pastor Carl. She said, Christians, do not treat these protests as a new mission field. Do not go to love on people or to lead people in prayer. Do not go to, quote, be a Christian voice in the crowd or to share God's love or to witness to people. Go to fight systemic racism and racial violence. And Beth Moore liked this tweet, and apparently they are friends. I don't think she's a part of the same ministry, but it says a lot. When you like something, wouldn't that give the idea or the impression to your followers that you support something, Pastor Carl? Please explain this. Yes, absolutely it does. Um, look, I, I, let, me, let me say what Jesus said first, and then what I say about what Jesus said. <laughs> Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you are to be the light to the world. Nobody has a light and puts it under a basket. No, we put it on a mountaintop. We put it where, the, where it will shine upon all below it. Uh, you are the salt of the earth. And if the salt loses its saltiness, it will be trampled underfoot. And I've been warning the church for years. I preach and teach this everywhere I go. And I'm doing it again right now with your, your, your audience. Hmm. Uh, we are to be the light and the salt. So these instructions we've been given by Beth Moore and and this woman you you just Kristen Kirsten Kristen Kristen uh, Howerton yes yeah 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 we've been given instructions by them yep. and now from uh, J uh, uh, J D um, Greer the president of the yep. Southern Baptist Convention uh, I, I spoke to this Sunday in the pulpit it's Thank all you. over the internet there's it's already in less than twenty four hours we've got eighty thousand views on it um, it's going around the world um, I've spoken to it on my radio program, uh, Dr. Greer, but it fits in with these other two women, these two women and, and this, 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 where he said, we must say black lives matter because our brothers and sisters in Christ that are black, they've got to know they matter. Well, of course, of course they matter in that sense. Of course, I have no problem with what Dr. Greer said, but then he said, and oh, by the way, and this is a quote, do not answer that with all lives matter. We cannot say that. Well, guys, that's the message of God's Word from mm, Genesis amen. to Revelation. That's the message of the cross. That's the message of the gospel. That's what Paul was getting at in Galatians 3, 22, 23, 24, and 25 when he yes. said, look, in Jesus Christ, there is no Jew or Gentile. Amen. There are no slave or free. There are no female and male. We are one in Jesus Christ. Why? All lives matter. And so... Um, listen, on our church website, I've got up the name of our church, Hickory Hammock Baptist Church, and right underneath it, it says, the church where all lives. Oh, no. I think we lost Pastor Carl again. Are you still there, Carl? We just had it go out. Oh, my goodness. The enemy just does not want us to have this discussion. So let me clarify something, and I hope I understand where Pastor Carl is coming from. I believe I do. And that saying all lives matter of course, that's to God. All lives matter, everyone. But what we are ignoring, many of people that are following just one movement here today, we're ignoring lives in the womb. What about black babies in the womb? More black babies are aborted 
than allowed to be born in New York, for example. Don't their lives matter? What about the elderly? Did you know that five states in America have uh, physician-assisted suicide that is legal to kill an elderly person? So do all lives matter? What about the inner-city murders and deaths of countless blacks in Chicago, in Houston, in Baltimore, in these inner cities in America? Don't their lives matter? But when we can use one for political purposes, as the left is doing now, they're going to try to silence the biblical Christian worldview. And let me share a verse from Acts chapter 17, 26 says, And God made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. He made from one man every nation, one blood, one race. So we are the human race. Those who are stoking division and using racism to do it, shame on you if you are a Christian. I encourage you to get into God's Word and have a biblical understanding. Now, I understand what people mean when, in the heat of the moment, in some of these discussions, debates, or arguments, in the heat of the moment, when a black man was killed by a white officer, which is the the minority of the time, as far as police shootings are concerned, 94% of blacks are killed by other black men. Um, So, in the heat of the moment, when you say, well, all lives matter— I understand this point. At that moment, it might not be productive. It might be counterproductive. You just might add some fuel to the fire. We are not listening then. We are not hearing them with compassion. They want acknowledgement for that life that was just snuffed out. And I want to say, yes, God bless and comfort their family of that man or woman. But as we mentioned earlier, there have been at least 18 deaths now in the rioting across the country in different streets, and you don't hear much at all. 99% of the news coverage ignores those lives. Don't they matter? So keep this in perspective, friends, and try to take your time before you respond to something on social media. Trigger alert. Do not allow yourself to be triggered. Have that fruit of self-control. Okay? I think we've said enough on this, and I hope you understand we're trying to be balanced and biblical rather than being right. And there is a time for these debates and arguments. And let's just season our speech with grace and with salt, as it were, as the Bible encourages us to do. When we come back, some uh, heavy hitters as guests the rest of this week. Stand Up for the Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. Pastor Carl did reconnect and uh, apologize for uh, losing that internet connection and that phone line. So we will get him on again, uh, of course, in the near future and hear more from Carl Gallops. Um, we have his link at StandUpForTheTruth.com in today's podcast. Tomorrow's guest, Seiko Woods. You will get a perspective from someone who is black and Christian and conservative in this current culture. And also, Thursday, we've got the busy mom. Heidi St. John back with us to speak into some of the crazy stuff going on in Washington State. And Friday, author George Carneal was raised in the Southern Baptist home, actually the son of a preacher. He was a homosexual for years, so he's got a book out called From Queer to Christ, My Journey into the Light. So some major guests the rest of this week. Thank you so much again for sharing our podcast. God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.